الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والله الغني وأنتم الفقراء وإن تتولوا يستبد القوم غيركم ثم لا يكونوا أمثالكم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم We grow up in a in an environment of competition and because of this environment we are primed to believe that the that our success lies in our meeting our goals and our success lies in surpassing others the competition starts from a very young age you begin to receive grades when you're in you could say middle school even if you were to bypass elementary school you begin to receive grades a b's c's d's and we define success in this circumstance based off of how many A's you get. In fact, we have an honor roll system that if you want to be successful, then you have to be on the honor roll. And that's dependent on how well you score. Then that competition extends further into high school. And in high school, it's all about getting the highest grades. From the time you're a sophomore or a junior in high school, your goal is to get a high GPA. And in fact, your junior year matters a lot. And your goal is to get into a top-notch college. So we try and we strive based off of our grades, based off of our ACT scores and how well we can score because we define success based off of how well we score on things. So if we have a high GPA because, of, because our exams and midterms went well, because our projects we scored well on, then the chances of us succeeding are higher. We have a high GPA, we have a high ACT score. It's all about competition. And it's all about success based on grading. Okay, now once you finally get into college, it doesn't end, right? Then it continues, maybe even to a higher degree, where now you're trying your best to get a high GPA because you want to either land a job or you want to get into graduate school, right? So then you apply, okay, you want to get into graduate school, you submit your application, and they're going to ask you in your application, okay, what's your GPA? What experience do you have? How did you score on your GMAT? How did you score on your LSAT? It's all dependent on your scores. It's all dependent on how successful, at least apparently, you were in order for you to be perceived as or regarded as successful. We define success based off of, based off of this system. Um, and this sort of just con continues and it carries on and it carries on and it carries on. And the question that ends up coming up in the back of the mind of every single person as they go through this process is, am I good enough? Am I good enough? Right? When you want to, when you're trying to get into the college of your choice, you're thinking when you're applying, am I good enough for them? You know, are they going to think I'm good enough for them? You get into college, you want to apply for graduate school, you're going to think, am I good enough? Right? Am I good enough for what they deem to be successful? Am I good enough? You get into graduate school, you start applying for your first job, right? And then you're thinking, am I good enough for this company? 
right? It's always this competition and it raises throughout much of our life, at least the first half of most human beings' lives, this question that is frequent, and that is, am I good enough? So because we're raised in this sort of environment, and because the setup of the world is just like this, it's that you have to score well in order to be deemed successful. We then take that question and we translate that into our own deen as well. The believer who's striving toward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they also ask the question, well, am I good enough for my Allah? Am I good enough for my Allah? Now, when you ask that question, and then you take the principles that, that run the rest of our life, then we think that in order for me to be good enough for my Allah, then I have to score well then I have to score well. My success with my Allah lies on how many salahs I prayed, how much Qur'an I recite, how much sadaqah I can give, how many times I frequent the masjid. Because the more I do these things, we begin to think, okay, I must be now good enough for my Allah. Applying the same principles that we do for everything else. But what's the issue with this? The issue is that a person who's striving aims to be consistent on this path. And they'll quickly realize that they're failing. Right? So what happens? A person decides that, you know what, I need to make a change in my life and I need to be, need to be consistent in my deen. So they take on these principles, they take on this daily routine, and they aim to be successful thinking that if I meet all of the goals of this routine, then that by definition equals success, right? That by definition equals an A, that by definition equals a 4.0, and success is defined by my grade. So if I can be consistent in my daily routine, then by definition that means I am successful, right? Based off of the patterns of this world. But inevitably we fail. Inevitably we become inconsistent. Inevitably, we become uh, complacent. So what happens? We try, and we think that oh, we need to succeed, we need to succeed, we need to succeed, and then we realize that we're not consistent, and then that puts us down. And we think, what's wrong with me? Right? I'm, I'm not good enough for my Allah. What is wrong with me? Or you can take it the other way. You know, there are people who try to stay away from sin. Right? And so in that person's mind, perfection is staying away from sin. Perfection is never performing a sin because that meets the criteria of everything else in this world, right? That I need to do only good and I can never do bad. And I need to do only good and I need to be consistent in doing only good and I need to consistently not do any bad. So then what happens? A person involves himself in sin and then they leave that sin for a period of time. They fall right back into that sin. And what happens? They think, wow, I'm a failure. I'm a failure. Success is not, it's because in their mind, thinking success is defined by how well I can stay away from sin. So inevitably, when a person has this mentality, they're set up to fail. Whether that mentality be that in order for me to be successful with my Allah, that I have to be absolutely consistent in my routine, or I have to be absolutely consistent in my worship, and I have to be absolutely consistent without fail, because that's how you define an A in this world, that's how I'm going to define an A in my deen. Or whether it be that, you know what, in my, for me to be successful, I have to stay away from every single thing that pleases Allah. And the moment I end up failing or I end up falling to some desire of mine, then that means I'm an utter failure. And that means that I have 
displeased my Allah and I am not good enough for my Allah. So this is what goes through the person's mind. But so inevitably, as you go through this a few times, then you realize that, wow, this is very difficult. This is very difficult. Because as we aim for consistency, we'll realize that we're failing. And then we try and we fail, we try and we fail, and this leads to a person wanting to give up. And as we try for consistency and staying away from those things that displease Allah, we try and then we fail. We try and we fail. And if we use the same rubric that we use for this life to get into top-notch schools and to get into some, you know, this uh, prestigious job or position, we think that, wow, I, I, I don't stand a chance with my Allah. I'm not good enough. And then this leads a person to failure in their own mind that they can never be good enough for their Allah. That they'll think that they can never be good enough for their Allah. But the reality is, for believers who are striving in the path of Allah, there's an aha moment. There's an aha moment. And that moment is when, and that's when a person realizes that I don't need to show off my strength to Allah. In fact, it's the opposite. I need to show off my weakness to Allah. I need to display my weakness to Allah. Look, Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, Wallahu al-Ghani, that Allah Ta'ala is wealthy. He's Ghani. He's independent, you can say. And the rest of us were all um, completely, entirely dependent upon Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So when we're comparing success, Allah Ta'ala is the most successful. Inevitably, no matter what we do in life, we're never going to be able to reach the status or even resemble Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any way. And not only that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala needs us, does not need us in any way, shape, or form either. That's the reality, right? Allah ta'ala created us for our own benefit. But nothing that I ever do in this life is ever going to raise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any way. So no deed that I perform will elevate Allah. No sin that I stay away from will ever elevate Allah. No sunnah that I undertake will ever elevate Allah. It is only truly for my own benefit. So for a believer, they come to this realization that, you know what, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is independent and He is perfect and He is the definition of perfection. Allah ta'ala is perfect and the believer then realizes that, you know what, I'm imperfect. And the more I can realize that I'm imperfect, the more likely it is that I will succeed. It's the complete opposite mentality. Our success is not dependent upon how perfect we can become with Allah. It's dependent on our realization with Allah that, Ya Allah, we are imperfect. And in fact, you could say that one of the signs of spiritual progress is when you realize this, that, you know what, I don't have to be perfect. In fact, I will never be perfect. And if I think that I'm going to achieve greatness through perfection, I'm only joke kidding myself. If I think that my success and my am I good enough question can be answered by I'm only good enough because if I can become perfect in my relationship with Allah, then we've deceived ourselves. Rather, the believer actually advances in their progress toward Allah Ta'ala by appreciating and identifying their own weakness with Allah. And that's what, we, that's what we need to take heed of. That every time, if I'm aiming for consistency in my routine, and I try and I try and I try, and it's like, what's going on? It's been week six, week seven. I've been doing this for eight weeks, 12 weeks, and I keep, I'm, I'm unsuccessful. I'm embarrassed, actually, to even share this news with anyone. And then we quit, right? We think that, you know what, this is, the, you know. But then when a person realizes, that, you know what, 
I keep failing. That must mean I'm a human being. That must mean that I'm a human being. I'm trying and then I fail. That must mean that I'm not anything like Allah. Ya Allah, you are the one who's perfect. You are the one who's ghani and independent. And I'm just a faqir. I'm just a, a, I'm just a nobody when it compares to you. So when we realize that and we present that before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that's when we actually advance in our deen. Because the reality is we have nothing to show for Allah. We could be the most consistent people in staying away from sin. And the most consistent people when it comes to worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right, in our ibadah. But ultimately it means absolutely nothing. In the grand scheme of things it means nothing. Ultimately we are still dependent upon Allah. Whether I perform 50 salahs today or I perform 2 salahs today, in both situations I'm completely dependent upon Allah. And even if we were to think that, you know, if I could become the most perfect human being, who would I be like? I would be like the Prophet right? If there was a perfect human being, it was the Prophet So if that was the case, then the Prophet would be the mark of success, and he is. He would be the mark of success, and that means that he would be able to enter into Jannah, the place of eternal success, without anything but his own deeds and his own maqam. But when the Sahaba asked the Prophet and the Prophet told the Sahaba that none of you will enter into Jannah except by the mercy of Allah. Then the Sahaba, they asked the question back to the Prophet and said, No one? He said, No one. He said, Not even you, Ya Rasulullah? Because you're the perfection of a human, you're as perfect as a human being as, as anyone can be. There's no human being that's more perfect than the Prophet. So, by definition, the Prophet is successful, right? He scored the A, whereas the rest of us are A or B or C or somewhere below. He's the 4.0. Right, when it comes to deen, he didn't commit any sins. He was very consistent in his ibadah and his worship. He was the 4.0, right? And the rest of us would be anything less than that. So we would think that, okay, if he has a 4.0, then he should automatically be guaranteed Jannah because this is, this is success, right? And he's blown out the competition. But what happens? Right? The Prophet says, no, not even me. Even I'm dependent on Allah Ta'ala's mercy. Why? Because Allah is ghani wa antumul fuqara and the rest of us, we're just absolutely nothing. Even the Prophet ﷺ in comparison to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, is, uh, is, the Prophet ﷺ is dependent on Allah ta'ala's mercy. Right? You, you can't even compare Allah ta'ala's greatness to the rest of the world. So, our success in, for, so for those of us that are striving on this path of becoming near to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we should realize with time that our method of progression is in identifying and appreciating our weaknesses and our failures rather than focusing on our strengths. Because when you focus on your strengths, there's a lot of issues that arise from that. And one issue is that when you can't meet those goals that you've set for yourself or the community has set for you, then you begin to think that I'm an utter failure and I'm never going to be good enough for my Allah. But the attitude of the believer is the opposite. And that is that I am so weak, Ya Allah, that look, despite you giving me everything that I need, the perfect circumstance, the greatest teachers, the greatest environment, the greatest community, the, the, the company of, of uh, people of piety, the company of your masjid, despite all of these things, Ya Allah, I still cannot achieve these goals of my routine. Ya Allah, this is how weak I am. This is how weak I am. It's interesting because our success... Uh, through this mechanism lies in this life, but it also is in the hereafter as well. Because there's a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, it comes in the books of uh, Imam Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah, that on the Day of Judgment, 
there will be a person who will be brought before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this will be someone who transgressed against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala beyond, you could say, even our imagination. That person will be presented before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it will be said that that person's record will be such that there will be, uh, that person has 99 volumes that record his transgressions and his sins against Allah. His disobedience toward Allah Ta'ala will be recorded in 99 volumes. This is a hadith. And each volume is so large that it is, far as, and it is as far as the eye can see. Each volume is as far as the eye can see. That's how much this person had transgressed against Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. And there's 99 volumes of these. 99 volumes of these. So, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala will bring this person before him to begin the judgment. And... This person will recognize after seeing the 99 volumes of sin, each volume being as far as the eye can see, you'll begin to think that, you know what, I'm doomed. Right? Because my purpose in life was to live a life in accordance to Allah Ta'ala's pleasure, and I did quite the opposite. This person will realize on this day that, you know what, I'm doomed. And in fact, the people around will begin to, will begin to think that, wow, it doesn't stand a chance. So... Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala will then ask that person that is there anything is it, 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 uh, do you have anything to say all right do you have anything to say now what's our what would be our mindset we'd say that you know what i'm in i'm in court right now so i'm going to defend myself right that would be our attitude that you know ya Allah, yeah i did this and this but 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 this but i lived here but my situation was like this but I, and we have a million excuses and that person will say, no, I don't have any excuses, Ya Allah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask that person, is it possible that our angels made a mistake in recording some of this? Right? Allah ta'ala will ask, is it possible that we made a mistake? You know, because this is 99 volumes of sin. Is it possible that we made a mistake in recording this? You know, our mindset would say, you know what, I need to succeed. Right? I need to get these wiped off of my back. Because if, you know, if I don't, uh, then I'm doomed. So we would say, we would come with them, yeah, yeah, it was, you know, there was a mistake here, there's a mistake here, this actually didn't happen. But this person will say, no, Ya Rabb, whatever you see, whatever is written here is exactly who I am. Everything that's here is exactly what I did. This entire description of this transgressor is exactly who I am. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask, do you have any excuses for this? Do you have any excuses for this? Think about it, right? What excuses will we come up with? We're in the court. Now, we're not in any court here. We're in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and our eternal fate is being determined. Not 50 or 60 years of am I going to be locked up somewhere. This is an eternity is going to be dependent upon this. And when we're asked, when that person is asked, do you have any excuses? We would come up with a million and one excuses for why we did what we did. And this person will say, Ya Allah, I don't have any excuses. And you'll begin to think that, you know what? There's no way. There's no way I'm done. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell that person that, you know what, take this paper and he'll say, go toward the scales. That's what he'll say. He'll say, go toward the scales where these are, your deeds are going to be weighed against your sins. This person will think, go toward the scales. I don't stand a chance. There's 99 volumes of sin. Each volume as far as the eye can see. I am the definition of failure, right? Because I did nothing right. You know, my GPA is a 1.0. I've done nothing right. How can I be successful on this day? It's just not possible. By the principles of this world, it's not possible. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, just go. And that person will go. And all of that person's sins will be put on one side. And on the other side will be a sheet of paper. And a sheet of paper will be placed on it. And on the sheet of paper, it will say, uh, La ilaha illallah, or Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. It will have the kalima written on there. And it will be placed on the other side of the scale, and it will tip the balance in the other direction. Now look, and so that person will be, will be guaranteed Jannah. Now look at the attitude of this person. That's what I want to highlight. Is that, look, this person wasn't making excuses. In fact, this person accepted his or her imperfection. That, you know what, I'm not perfect. And Ya Allah, you are perfect. Ya Allah, I don't have any defense. Ya Allah, you are the ultimate judge. Right? Ya Allah, I am a faqir. Ya Allah, you are ghani. You are perfect. You are absolutely independent and I'm fully dependent upon you. So the effect of this, what we, what we recognize is that not only in this life is our success dependent on accepting our weakness before Allah, but even in the hereafter, our success will be dependent on our accepting our weakness before Allah. Rather than trying to show off the deeds that we performed, when ultimately they're very minimal anyway, that we instead accept and we present to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, I'm so weak. Ya Allah, I am truly a transgressor against you. And you are perfect, but Ya Allah, you are too are perfect. And I am imperfect because I'm supposed to be imperfect. I'm a human being. You created me this way. And in fact, you said that if, if human beings don't transgress, then you're going to send another group of people that will transgress and, and ask for your repentance. So this is a key for people that are striving on this path of deen. And that is that we should appreciate that our success lies in recognizing our weaknesses, not in recognizing our strengths. And this is counter to every other principle that we, uh, that, that we experience in our life. We don't have to get a 4.0. We don't have to score that way to be accepted by Allah. Our acceptance by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is independent of that. It's dependent only on His mercy and us accepting that He's perfect and we are not perfect. And when we come to this realization, then we actually begin to make progress. In fact, you could say a sign of progression is when you come to this realization. If you're stuck on this principle that I need to succeed, succeed, succeed. Oh, I failed, I failed. What's wrong with me? I'm not good enough for Allah. That means that we're still spiritually immature. Spiritual maturity hits a person when they realize that, Ya Allah, I'm so weak. I'm so weak. And I am going, my, my hope is that I'll progress toward you through this weakness. Not because of any strength that I have, because whatever I have to offer you, it means nothing. If what the Prophet had to offer you ultimately still required your mercy, Ya Allah, what is my petty salah? And what is my petty, what are my petty deeds? Who am I? Now, the counter to this is that someone could argue that, you know what, that will just make me lazy. If I take on this approach that, you know what, I'm weak and that my deeds ultimately don't matter, and in fact, I should just accept that Allah is perfect and I'm imperfect, that would result in my laziness, and then I will actually not do anything. I won't make any effort whatsoever. But the effect of this attitude coming to a person's life, two things happen. Number one is that you'll realize the value of whatever little it is that you offer to Allah. You'll realize the value of whatever little it is that you offer to Allah. So let's say that you have a weekly routine and your goal is that you're going to say X amount of Quran and do an X amount of dhikr and you refresh and you look back at the end of the week and say, you know what, I only was able to accomplish my goals two days of the week. I was only able to do this much. That was something. Ya Allah, accept this from me. Accept this from me. You know, you go through Ramadan 
right? And you have all these goals that I want to finish this much Quran, I want to pray this much Tarawih prayer, and I want to do this, this, and this, and this, and this. And you sit on the 29th night, you look back and you say, wow, I didn't, wasn't able to do any of the things that I had planned, right? But then you say, you know what, Ya Allah, whatever I did offer, take it, Ya Allah, please. Because I'm just your weak servant, I don't have much to offer you. Whatever I have to offer you, Ya Allah, please accept this. So it makes us value whatever little it is that we've done. And in, in hopes that Allah Ta'ala accept that from us. That's, that's the point. That ultimately what we'll realize is that our, the acceptance of deeds is what matters. It's not the deed itself that actually counts. The second benefit, or the second thing that happens, is that you will increase in your worship of Allah when you have this attitude. Because now you will worship Allah out of gratefulness. Now you'll worship Allah Ta'ala out of gratefulness. When you can recognize that, Ya Allah, you are perfect and I am imperfect. Ya Allah, you are merciful and I am absolutely nothing, Ya Allah. You are um, supreme and I'm a nobody. When, you, when that attitude comes into your life, then you begin to think that, Ya Allah, I want to worship you because you're just amazing. So that will actually encourage you to strive. You know, it's kind of like the Prophet Sallallahu when he was perfect, right, and he didn't commit any sins, and he would stand for hours in prayer at night such that his feet would swell, and his wife would ask, why are you doing this to yourself? And the Prophet said, can I not just be a grateful servant for my Allah? Can, sorry, can I not be a grateful servant because my Allah is perfect? So when this attitude comes into our life, that we are imperfect and our success actually lies in us appreciating our imperfection and not based off of tallies that we've kept over the course of a week or a year uh, of how many things we've stayed away from or how many things we've achieved and accomplished. The effect of that is that I then become more grateful to my Allah because I recognize how weak I am and that gratefulness then translates into even more worship. So it actually pulls you away from laziness because now when you have the option of praying Fajr in the masjid and not praying Fajr in the masjid, you're not thinking, oh, I need to score. So I'm going to check one more Fajr off the tally you know, for my mark. You're thinking, wow, subhanAllah, Ya Allah, you are so perfect. And out of gratefulness to you and out of gratitude for you and you created me, this imperfect, undeserving human being, Ya Allah, I'm going to go and worship you now. So the effect is that you become grateful and you're, you're, you will then strive toward deeds through this gratefulness and you'll stay away from things because of your ungratefulness. You know, think about it. You could say that I need to stay away from, some, from this sin because it's haram, right? Because it's going to displease Allah. But if you don't have this appreciation that you're weak with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how are you going to communicate that with your Allah? But if in your heart you're thinking... That, Ya Allah, I'm so weak, I'm so dependent upon you, Ya Allah. And you recognize your dependence on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you'll be more appreciative of this relationship. And, and secondarily, you'll be more likely to stay away from that sin. Because your, your, your aim in life is to not, not displease Allah. Your aim in life becomes not to displease Allah. So this is a, it's a very lengthy discussion. But this comes to mind as, many of, as we all exit the month of Ramadan. And, and in the month of Ramadan, it's all about striving and doing as much as we can, going to the masjid as much as we can. And then what happens is that once Ramadan exits, then this sort of depression hits everyone. And it's like, wow, the community is not doing this anymore. And I'm not able to do all of these things, right? But, in, but we, we take that uh, feeling or that emotion and we, we translate that into something that will actually allow us to progress. And that is that we turn it back and say to Allah, Ya Allah, I'm so weak. You know, that I was, I'm so weak that, you know, Ramadan is really what uplifted me, Ya Allah. I'm actually a nobody. If I didn't have Ramadan, then I wouldn't have even achieved those simple things in my life. 
you know? Like, that's the attitude that we begin to take. So then every, uh, every interaction with Allah Ta'ala becomes more meaningful. Not every salah becomes more meaningful. You pray one salah in the message and you say, Ya Allah, I'm so undeserving. You granted me, this imperfect soul, the tawfiq to come and pray in your message. Now that salah becomes valuable. That recitation becomes valuable. And then ultimately you sit by yourself at night before going to sleep, reflect upon your day, and reflect upon how, where, those, where you lacked in your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You say, Ya Allah, look, see, I'm just weak. I don't have anything to show, Ya Allah. Just accept me for who I am because I'm so weak. So uh, this is an important principle to understand, that we don't give up hope in ourselves. For us to be good enough for Allah Ta'ala is not dependent upon our tally marks. It's not dependent upon our grades. It's not dependent on our 4.0, like everything else in life. It's not dependent on these things. It's dependent largely on our attitude with Allah, as is exemplified through statements of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, including on the Day of Judgment. When, there, when believers, will, the only, our, only ways for success, our only way out on the Day of Judgment, it's not going to be to defend ourselves before Allah. right? So why defend ourselves in this world? On the Day of Judgment, if our, the believers who are going to succeed are not going to be those people that defend themselves against Allah. They're going to be those people that accept that, you know, Ya Allah, I am guilty. You're right. I'm, I'm just a weak servant of yours. Those are the people that are going to succeed in the hereafter. Well, why should we try to plead guilty? Why should we plead not guilty in this world either? Just, there's no need to argue with Allah. There's no need. If Allah Ta'ala expects something of us, then we just accept that, Ya Allah, I, I wasn't able to fulfill it. I'm really sorry. I'm just a weak servant of yours. And then we use that to drive ourselves to succeed. Because we become more grateful to Allah and we begin to recognize the value of each individual deed that we perform before Allah. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq to uh, recognize and appreciate our own weaknesses. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, allow us to progress uh, in our deen based off of this realization. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to worship Him uh, in this life uh, through, through gratefulness toward Him. Wa akhira da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.